is up? Hey, Marvel fan fan club. <laughs> this is your favorite podcast, Marvel Tarvel Time. Marvel Tarvel. Where, where we get right into the juicy bits of mm-hmm. the MCU that you guys love talking about. Also, I just realized I'm going to close this door. Yeah, let's close this door. Because there's some... There's some ha- there's some sound happenings. There is some sound happening the out there. Sansa, lay down, baby. If you're gonna be in here, you can't jingle, jangle, do we jingle. Need, do we need to do a reset? No. Why? Okay. I don't know. So oh, I'll just. I can edit it out like, if okay. I need be. Damn. Okay. Well, you know what? Um. Y'all already know what this episode's about, but uh, we're gonna go ahead and um, <laughs> talk about uh, recent movies we've seen. Yeah, the we're gonna subvert week. your expectations. We're gonna and subvert. Not talk about Marvel. Subvert first. your fucking expectations. Okay, we're taking a break already. Cube jazz. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried to let you stay in here, but you're too loud. I know. I love you, baby. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so, so sorry. Sad. Can we reset? <laughs> yeah. Let's reset. No. you Marvel maniacs. Welcome back to another Marvel Monday that releases on Tuesdays. And, and you bet you bet your bottom dollar today we're going to be talking about all that hot Marvel goss. Yes. But, uh, like, question number one. Is it okay to make with yourself? <laughs> Find out <laughs> later today. We're going to answer all your burning questions and we'll even have some theories of our of our own on this new and never before done Marvel Monday um, episode. Um, uh, Thanos coming back but with an even bigger butt this time. <laughs> what? Purple, purple Man Mondays, guys. Purple Man... Five Nights at Freddy's cast, you happening live. We've got the latest <laughs> fan theories. Yes. The purple guy, did he, did he, what happened with Bonnie and Foxy? Foxy. Oh, I didn't know their names. FNAF That's the names. 3. Uh, FNAF. FNAF Help Wanted. FNAF <clears throat> 4. F- Are there any more? There's like FNAF, six. FNAF, the, the pizza one. The, the one Chuck that's Cheese. free on Steam. FNAF, the, the wi- virtual reality one. Hey, yeah, they've got like seven of them then. Fucking shit. We're going to go over all of them Did today, guys. Did you see guys. that the FNAF guy retired because people finally just now thought about the fact that he made Christian games before, so therefore he probably hates gay people, and now <laughs> we're all shocked that he hates gay people. <laughs> I just, I want to know how many times he had to look at like Rule 34 content of like his animatronic like couplings, you right. know, like. To well, did <laughs> sorry to cut you. I don't off, want to be graphic. <laughs> I don't really want to go there. Um, I was okay. I'm curious though, because does okay, does he really hate gay people, or is he just a Christian and people just canceled him because he hated gay people? Because oh, no. I, I read he, the he's statement. come out. He's he's donated to the Trump campaign mm. and like I think some anti-LGBTQ organization so like gotcha. people pre- essentially tracked where his money was going like, yeah and and that's why they're canceling not only him but like right. buying five nights at freddy's games because oh, okay they don't want to support that shit 
because I mean that that is what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, there's this great app called like um, something like like my brand, um, and you can track what like different restaurants and organizations like donate to. Like that's a big way that people keep track of like all the anti-gay like oh, organizations yeah. at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. To. And you know, like it's a it's a good way to be conscious, but it's also a good way to remind yourself that you can't do anything in this world without <laughs> moral repercussions, right. you know? You can't go anywhere or do anything like What <clears throat> I um speaking of that, there was a uh what was it? Was it a cartoon or was it a joke that I heard? Um talking about how like the when people like get to hell they're like why is this person in hell it's like well he uh he ate at restaurants that like donated to like these foundations and like this like normal things that people do every day that they don't realize that they're giving money to like you know pretty evil people uh Mm -hmm. and it was just like a funny joke that that reminded me of it because it's like um (laughs) when you go to hell for eating (laughs) chick-fil-a Well, so, ha- have you seen, like, The Good Place or anything? Uh, yeah, so... Um, that, that's a big plot point of it, is, like, the reason people aren't getting into heaven anymore is, like... Are, no, that's what it was. Yeah. It was a scene from The Good Place. Yeah, because yeah. everything is so complicated. Yeah. Like the, the tomato you bought was yeah. from a farm that, like, <laughs> Child, tracked, that uh, uses, like, GMOs or, or like, yeah. yeah, terrible things are always associated. That's anyway, funny. very nihilistic Marvel Monday we've got going on. <laughs> Let's... Th- Let's let's subvert some expectations. Let's yeah. talk about some some non MCU films. I yeah. mean, if you will, what Marvel Casey? What do you feel? Marvel Casey. <laughs> what are you seeing? Um, actually, to be honest with you, the only thing movies I've been watching the past week are Marvel movies oh my because God. I know, I know, and this is. Uh, I mean, you're loyal to our brand. But I, I guess so. Yet I'm um, so angry. I didn't think I would be rewatching the MCU like anytime soon within the next like year or two. I was gonna wait until like at least you know a few more movies came out, like four to eight, before I sat down and did a whole rewatch again. You know, mm-hmm. but Donna actually got, after watching Black Widow, she was interested. Like she doesn't remember a whole lot from it, so she just started on Disney Plus. She started in timeline order and just started watching them. So mm-hmm. one day I just sat down, and started watching with her, and I ended up watching like we've watched like six or seven now. So oh shoot, yeah, okay. I went through. Um, I caught the end of Iron Man two, Thor, uh, the Avengers, uh, Thor two, or almost all of Thor two. I, I we literally both quit watching it because it's that bad. It's not good. It's not good. Um, and then after Thor two was the oh Winter Soldier. Watch that again. Still even better than I remember it. Some fucking how it's the greatest MCU movie. Uh, and then we watched. Um, uh, she watched Iron Man three. I didn't get to catch Iron Man three. I was at work. And then. After Winter Soldier, oh, Guardians and Guardians Two. Ah, yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And so now we're at, we're at Age of Ultron. I guess we're gonna watch tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but um, I do have I do have an opinion, and it, it might it's gonna be very unpopular because oh, um, I've seen a lot of you know Twitter fingers talking about it. Marvel Monday shake. Marvel Aren't Monday. <laughs> he, needs, he needs to just have agreeable opinions, Casey. How many times? Disney is not gonna fucking sponsor. I know. They might get almost as more like fewer listeners if I have like an opinion that okay, just, makes it. All right. Okay, I'm actually having. Okay, okay. Guardians Volume Two is better than Guardians Volume One. 
I okay, so I thought I had the hot take wherein I think that Guardians Two is like a bad movie. Okay, like I I, I don't enjoy it. Okay, I, I, I don't know what to say I, about it. I, like, I have reasons. I have reasons though. Okay, so I've watched it now that I recently rewatched it. Okay, I've seen it three times now. Okay, and I've watched the first Guardians probably at the same like about three times. And watching them back to back, right? I realized something. Guardians Two. Ha- hits way more of the of the story beats that they were going for in the first one that they just didn't hit. Okay, with like the fa- like the the essence of the Guardians being like like a team and they consider themselves family in the first movie. That I saw a review on Letterbox where somebody said the first Guardians is literally a very expensive prologue, and I agree with that because we had to set up all these characters, mm. Ronan was a horrible villain, okay? I don't care yeah. what... He was just bad, okay? And then by the end of this movie, they've only been together for not even a week, and they're already, like, you know, calling themselves a family. It just seems super rushed. And, like, watching it, I was just thrown off. I was like, man, this is not... Like, I don't get this. Uh, and then... But then we went to Guardians 2, and, like, everything is, like, way more personal. Like, there's, like... The, you got... Obviously, you have the whole thing with Peter's dad... Um, ego, uh, and then you have the Nebula and Gamora, like the sister dynamic, and then Rocket's dynamic with how uh, how he treats people and everything, and Yondu, the comparisons there, and how they become friends and everything. And just like every character just feels a lot more human than they did in the first one. It's like in the first one, they're all just a bunch of fucking gimmicks. Like they're gimmick characters. Like I've, yeah, I'm a fucking tree and I say this. And fucking Gamora's like, I'm the daughter of Thanos and I'm a cold hearted bitch. And then Rocket's like, I'm an experiment. And like, I don't know. I feel like in Guardians 2, it's just way more, like it's better explored. And the main gripe that I had with Guardians 2 the first time watching it is that the comedy downplays every single dramatic moment. And yeah, that's still kind of true, but the the Pac-Man scene when his father's fighting and he turns it, that bothered me so extremely less than it did the first two times I watched it. Mm. Like, I think Guardians 2 is honestly way better than the first one. And I, I don't I don't know, like I that's my defense. Like, I mean, I understand if you like Guardians 1 better, but for me, I think Guardians 2 is just superior, honestly. And now after watching them multiple times, and especially back to back seeing it. I don't know. I just enjoyed Guardians 2 a lot more than I thought I would this time around. And I was actually dreading it going in because I was like, I've already seen this movie twice. Like, it's not that good. But just coming fresh off of the first one into the second one, I just think it's better. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But that's my hot take. Give it a rewatch, I think. Well, probably both of them. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think I've seen Guardians 1 like two times. It's Mm -hmm. one of the rare Marvel movies I've rewatched. I have not rewatched 2. Since mm-hmm. I saw it in the theaters, and I mean, it's been like four years now. You know, yeah, since that movie yeah, came out. So, man, yeah, I, I, I'll probably revisit it. But you know, that's that's a pretty good hot take. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that's a that's an agreeable one. I feel like mine of just saying it's a bad movie is probably the the, the L here. Well, I know? mean, and, and people on Twitter definitely thought so. A lot of people that. think Guardians Two is just bad. Just yeah. And I was on that train for a while, obviously, until recently. Just. Um, where I like, I liked Guardians too, but I admitted I was like, yeah, it's got a lot of flaws. But like, you know, this time around, I just started. I was like, eh, maybe not as many as I thought, though. Yeah. So that's that's my hot take, and that's all the movies I've seen this week, really. Um, well, damn. Okay. Um, I've got I've got a few, and and, and like, unfortunately yeah. for Marvel Monday, I, I not very many not very many Marvel related. That's okay. Um, 
I'll get my uh, my first most mainstream one out of the way. I watched the first Fear Street movie this oh, week. Have you seen I haven't any yet. of the Fear Street Mm-mm. yet? Okay. So it's pretty good. Okay. I didn't I didn't know that it was based on an R.L. Stein book. Like I had always looked at like our classroom libraries and I guess I had seen yeah. the Fear Street books before, but I never read any of them. I'm I'm definitely a goosebumps kid. Right. So th- this was new for me. But um, it's pretty enjoyable. Okay. It's, it's very campy. This is part one, by the way. It's yeah. very campy. Uh, they they have this problem where, um, you know, they bought a lot of licensed songs and they expect us to be, like, impressed by it. You know, they've got, like, Creep by Radiohead within, like, <laughs> the first 20 minutes of the movie. And that's, like, supposed to be her, like, edgy song she's listening yeah. to, even though it's, like, a chart topper <laughs> at the time. <laughs> right. you know? People like creep. It's yeah, their sellout creep. hit. Yeah. You know? Um But it's it's good. Like, I don't know. I, I, I can't remember too much about the movie, honestly, other than like one of the kills in it. It's got some pretty brutal gore okay. at times and like there's one kill in the movie and you'll see it and you'll be like, Oh my gosh, that's a good kill. I bet you could just even Google Fear Street Part One, like mm-hmm. Best Death, and it, it it'll, it'll probably pop up. pop up. Um what surprised me about it is that I thought it was kind of going this direction of, like, having unlikable characters in the main roles and, like, working your way to kill them off. But, like, honestly, you find yourself liking most of the characters, and it kind of subverts your expectations with the characters you would expect to like the least being, like, your favorite ones. And you kind of want everyone to live by the end of this movie. So it... It's a rare feeling in that way where, you know, it's a horror movie where you're actually, like, wanting the deaths to not happen unless they're, like, random side characters. I haven't seen part two and part three yet, but I will say it does end in a cliffhanger, and that's something that I haven't seen in a while Mm -hmm. in a movie, and I'm wondering if the quality of these movies is maintained throughout. Like, I'm not saying it's a masterpiece or anything, but it it was solid, entertaining fun, so I'm curious to see what two and three are like. Yeah, I'm just very interested in this, the whole premise that they're, they've got three movies that they're releasing almost at the same time. That just seems cool, I guess. That And it's not like a series, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they could have easily made this into, like, a miniseries, and it would be overlooked, and nobody would fucking watch it, but doing this part one, part two, part three thing is kind of cool, I think, honestly. And, it, and to be honest, it doesn't fully feel like TV budget. I mean, mm-hmm. kind of. But, yeah. um, like, you can tell that they put a lot of thought into this, and, like, even though they might have filmed it like a miniseries, like, mm-hmm. it, it feels movie Gotcha. You know, movie esque. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go on and say like, oh, if they put this on a theater screen with like Insidious or something else yeah. playing in another theater, that people would like it as much. Mm-hmm. But this is very cool um, that they're doing this, and I and I, I'm nice. curious to see how it ends. Um, I'll have to check it out then. I also watched pro- probably my favorite movie I watched this week. I watched this movie called Smiley Face. Have you heard anything mm-hmm. about it? So, it stars Anna Faris, um, it's got John Krasinski from The Office, um, and it's basically Uncut Gems, but with the stoner in the okay. middle. But it, it, it came first, before mm-hmm. Uncut Gems, which is great. Um, it's just, it's definitely a movie for people who have experienced mm-hmm. weed before, I think, um, because a lot of the movie is, like, from... Anna Ferris's perspective, which she gives the best 
like stoner performance I've ever seen in film. It is hilarious. It's like so good. Gotcha. And the director has such an understanding of that perception and you feel kind of like a relative like high yeah. from this character. And it's just it's so funny. Like I I'll just give away like the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. like she um you know goes in her roommate's fridge and there's some cupcakes and they say like Ooh, save these for uh, space con this weekend and <laughs> she's already high so she eats all of them yeah and then by the end she realizes that they're weed cupcakes <laughs> and so the rest of the movie she's like high off of that but she's trying to like make new cupcakes for him and also pay their utility bill and <laughs> her drug dealer is threatening to steal her furniture if he doesn't get like money that he's owed and it, and it all goes terribly. Yeah. Like, it, it really does, but it's it's so funny. And, I mean, I know these movies kind of stress people out, but if mm-hmm. that's your kind of movie, like, kind of a thriller, but, like, a funnier one, mm-hmm. I, I definitely recommend this. This is one of the best watches that I've seen in a while. Like, I was, nice. I was blown away by it. Um, and then, lastly, I watched um, The Death of Stalin. Oh, um, I've been wanting to watch that so bad. It's on Netflix now. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so I just had like a random day this weekend where I had like an hour and 40 minutes to kill. So I, I watched it and it's really good. Awesome. Like, it, it's just, I mean, I, I, I don't think that people ever really talk about how brutal like Stalin's regime was. Like, yeah, he's he, overlooked. He, he had like his list of political enemies. People like were mm-hmm. terrified of him and he had like... Uh, a close cabinet of some of the worst people like ever and this movie is essentially like well no spoilers here because it's in the title of the movie but stalin dies and this movie is about the power vacuum that creates and it's really really dark comedy but it lands it really works and i i I was thoroughly impressed with this movie i wish i had seen it when it came out so i could have been part of the discourse like then but it's it's really fucking good. I don't know what to say. Like if nice. you if you haven't seen it yet, like yeah, it's still worth checking out for sure. Dope. Yeah, I'll definitely watch it. It's on, it's been on my watch list on Letterboxd for a long time, um, and I think I started watching it at one point, but I just I didn't have enough time to uh, keep watching or something. I got distracted or something. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it. Oh, and I I'm almost done with the rewatching of Midsummer. Ken and I. Oh, uh, yeah. started watching it the other night because she hadn't seen it and I was like okay this oh. is really fucking good let's yeah. do it and um, I don't know what to say it gets better every time I watch it yeah. I, love I love that movie Yeah, I, I think it, it's at a four and a half right now on my letterbox and I, I don't know what I'm play, what I'm being coy for you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to probably give it five stars right. when I finish watching it again because I, I love it mm-hmm. it's probably one of my favorite horror movies and it doesn't matter that it has a lot of thematic similarities to Hereditary because yeah. I think I enjoy this one more than I enjoy watching Hereditary like Hereditary feels long it hurts me in a different way yeah. than this movie does and it, I don't like it well, like, I love the feeling that he's able to instill yeah. in Hereditary, but I think that the filmmaking and the vibe of Midsummer is more, like, mm-hmm. to my viewing pleasure, right. you know? Yeah, there's, um, Hereditary is, like, not good on, uh, sorry, it's good on rewatch. It's, it's, it's not very pleasurable to rewatch it, is what I'll yeah. say, just because of just the whole movie you feel just a horrid sense of like dread and just depression mm-hmm. and it's it's really good how he does it but like rewatching it's really hard. I feel like with Midsummer though it's easier to rewatch that movie. I've seen it like 3 times now. Um yeah, I got to say I enjoy watching Midsummer 
like rewatches better than I do rewatch Hereditary. I think I've only seen Hereditary twice. And uh, I there's a lot of friends that haven't seen it that I need to show Hereditary to, but I'm like, man, we'll do that another day because yeah. like, like it's hard to watch. It really real. is like that. That's one of the only movies in my life that I can think of. Like I had to turn it off, not because like I had something better to do, but yeah. just because I I couldn't take watching it anymore <laughs> yeah. in that moment. Like it was too. It was too brutal. Yeah, for sure. I, I fucking saw it in a theater. That was I. I yeah, couldn't leave escape. really. I was like, okay, I guess I'll stick it out. <laughs> it was. Ugh. It was crazy. But uh, yeah. speaking of crazy, crazy, did you see that crazy animated show that they do on Adult Swim? Yeah, what Richard is it? Richard and Mortimer. Richard. <laughs> Richard and Mortimer. Speaking of crazy, yeah. how fucking crazy do you have to be to release like an episode that sucks as much as episode four of this new season? Bro, like, it was so bad. I I'm baffled. Like I was I am, waiting yeah. for the joke to like kick yeah, in. Yeah, like, yeah. The, the joke that overrides that premise, mm-hmm. and it didn't come. Yeah, you no. know it. <laughs> so, some people came in that episode. <laughs> A decent joke was not. Uh, no, not a thing. Not a decent joke in sight. Um, I, I, somebody said, and I agree with them, that this is the one episode that, for some fucking reason, Rick is not smart. Rick is dumb in this episode. He's written so dumb, and I'm like, yeah, you're right, because the, the, even the beginning, okay, like, okay, we're gonna do spoilers for Marvel shows. Let's just go ahead to talk about this episode. We got to talk about spoilers. So if you don't want to hear Rick and Morty see episode five spoilers, skip to this time code. Thirty minutes and seventeen seconds. Okay, you've been warned. Spoilers. Episode four. Episode four. four. Sorry, right. not episode five. Episode four. Spoilers. Okay. Time code. Time yeah. code. Now, listen. This episode starts out with Morty using the horse machine. Uh, okay, Fucking that's shit. <laughs> like. I thought it was going to be a one-off joke, right? I was like, okay, yeah, I can find the humor in that. He's a teenage boy, okay, funny. And then Rick brings in the horse semen. And then he's like, I'm going to do this. And then Morty's like, well, what, what, have you checked it? Why don't you check it? Or, or why don't check it? Yada, yada, yada. To cover up his, his horrid mistake and everything. And it's like, Rick would not do this. Rick just leaves it at your, he's like God. Your generation chooses random hills to die on, and then he and then he doesn't check it, and he just does the experiment, and boom, we have, have giant killer sperm. I'm like, that is. I know this is an animated show, and I know it's a comedy, but this character would never fucking do that. Rick would totally sniff that out in a millisecond. Like they've written him to be that fucking smart, and Morty to be that fucking stupid, or, or naive at least. And it's just from there, the show just devolves into just, like, one horny joke after another. And, like, I was waiting for for them to be, like, the, the, the narrative to take a turn. Like, the killer sperm to be there for, like, five, ten minutes maybe. And then it would evolve into something else. Yeah. But they just kept with it. And it's just, it was like beating a dead fucking horse. It was horrible to watch. I was I was not happy with it at all. The only good joke in the entire episode, I will say, is at the very end when the sperm it like gets in the egg and Summer goes to blow it up and the president's like, nope, that's a human life and this is an election cycle. That made me laugh. I was like, okay, that's funny. But nothing else in the episode was entertaining whatsoever. Okay. I, I, I'm starting to see like maybe what the writers were thinking is like Oh, when people talk about this episode, it's always going to sound ridiculous. Like, we have to make people say yeah. shit like incest baby yeah. when they talk about this. Or, like, 
cannibalistic horse underground people. Like Such a the, stupid plot the, thread too. The dumb, the dumbest shit people are gonna have to repeat. But that's the thing is like any joke in this episode is just undermined by like gross out humor yeah. or like fucking disgusting shit. Like it's it's not. Like, you can do gross-out humor, but do it with, like, fucking class. Yeah. At least, you know? Like, this just seemed like it was trying at every turn to be edgy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rick and Morty gets accused of that a lot, and I usually defend it. Like, I think it's smarter right, than yeah. the average... Like, than what the average critic might say about it. But this... I, I can't fucking defend you, no, bro. Like, you, what is this dog shit? <laughs> like, like, holy fuck. I've I've never been a fan. Okay, this is why I never watched that stupid fucking show that everybody like ev- when it started everybody hated it and then as it went on everybody liked it. It's um Big Mouth. Big Mouth. I hate that type of humor. It's so fucking childish. It's like somebody some guy said on this Rick and Morty episode, he's like, they must have had a bring your kid to work day, but they made the kids write the episode. And I was like, yes, it's the it's childish humor. It's like I'm a twenty-two-year-old man and I do not find this fucking funny. Like and if you do, you know, more power to you. If gross out humor is your thing, if like sexual humor is cool, that's fine. But I just, it's so like tasteless. And that's exactly what the writer of this episode said. Did you watch the inside? Yeah, yeah. No, no one seemed no like one they seemed were happy really about on board. It. Like Dan Harmon was like, oh yeah, we, we knew that sperm was going to be in the episode for some reason. And like the director of the episode couldn't even like get through her interview without like yeah just being like oh like I don't know what am i what supposed to say about this episode like, and the writer was like it's tasteless yeah he was like shitty he said it turned out disgusting and tasteless and he didn't even crack a smile and to me that felt so genuine i'm like you all hate this episode why did you put this out there like whose idea was this like there must be tons of pitches for episodes every season like, I, I know and this know, one made it through what the like what the fuck I, I don't get it. It's I I was feeling this way with season four with like the dragon episode, and I mean you pointed out there's like cool subte- subtext there. Mm-hmm. I can't find the subtext here. Like there isn't subtext. No. Anything that the episode wants to like kind of be like real shit on, they mm-hmm. rub it in your face. Like you know the 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 whole like summer becoming a woman because the people won't listen to her. That it just like felt like shoved in there. Like, it didn't have, like, a natural place. There was, uh, Granted, there wasn't a natural place for fucking anything no. in this episode. Because it was all dumb as shit. But. Like, like there's... Usually Rick and Morty can insert political jokes and political commentary with super good, like, finesse. Most of the time, I believe. There was absolutely no finesse with how they just jam-packed these fucking jokes, like, in there. Like, yeah. with, like, the whole, like, the sexism thing. Like... I'm like, why did you choose this episode to do that? Because that's a somewhat serious, very relative topic, and you chose the dumbest fucking episode. The 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 worst written, like humorless, tasteless fucking episode to do that in. Like, I if if this if this episode was in season one, I probably would have no faith in the series going forward. But since it's in season five, I'm looking at it as a fluke. As something yeah. that just made it through freakish accident, yeah, like a horrible, horrid ac- accident. Um, but I don't, I don't know, man. Like, like even I was in the shower thinking about it, and I was thinking about like how just how stupid it was, and I was like, 
I thought, I was like, okay, what is the root problem of the episode? Besides, if they wanted to go with giant killer sperm, if we're still going with the gross out humor, what could have made it better? I was like, okay, a rewrite. Um, what never made sense to me is why R Morty is keeping the secret, like... Like he, like Rick is not dumb, but in the episode he's dumb to think that Morty actually is like innocent in all this. I'm like, so what if we just started the episode out with Morty accidentally creating the giant sperm, and then it's his fucking problem, and the whole episode is about you know Morty being a dumb teenager making stupid mistakes and Rick having to clean it up, and that would also go with their theme that they've been building up of Morty, you know, getting shit on and being tired of being the one making the mistakes, and yeah. like that would have been just a smidge better in the writing, but. They chose, and then they the stupid fucking horse people, the chuds. I didn't that know. is so uninspired and dumb. Nothing about it was funny or inventive at all. Like it's just it's, this is the worst episode. It, it, and it's it's such a lazy riff on like the chud thing from the eighties, like yeah. the cannibalistic human underground dweller or whatever. Like no one knows what the fuck that is. No, I don't. I, I don't know what like. The people in their 40s and 50s who are, would maybe understand the basis of that joke are not going to laugh because you don't do the riff on it, like, yeah. very well. Like, making them horse people didn't add, I don't know, like, in the, the, the worst fucking part, like, where Rick is, like, making out with that one horse girl and, Literally, like, it, has a child and... I hate it. I just... Where is the line? I thought Rick and Morty knew there was a line. Like, I know they cross so many lines... But I feel like this episode was like, okay, you have an incest baby, and then you have a hint of, like, bestiality as well. Like, I don't find that funny. I find that very tasteless and very disgusting, actually. Like, I don't, it, I don't get it. It's a weird day when I can say, like, South Park could have probably done this, like, with more class yeah. than <laughs> Like, you know, it just, this is... I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I'm yeah. done with this. I mean, uh, yeah. Let's. It's bad, guys. Let's, let's move the fuck away. Yeah. From it. Let's fuck go. That. I, I will say episode five is way better though. Episode I five was good. It yet. They, you this, should watch it. It's good. I will. I will get on it. I, I did like the cold open with mm -hmm. uh, with Jerry and Rick hanging out and yeah. Uh, it, it gets it gets so good. The episode's really good. So okay. I, yeah. I'm excited. I I, really, I mean like the last time Rick and Jerry teamed up and like the. The amusement park, like, conspiracy episode. Oh, that was yeah. really fucking fun. Yeah. Have they done anything since then? I don't think so. Not really, Feels no. like the last one, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, which Marvel thing do we want to talk about first on Marvel Monday, man? Well, I feel like um, Loki is going to take a, a while, because there's, there's, like... Yeah, we, we got to talk whole with, series. Yeah, so let's do Black Widow real Black quick. Black Widow. Uh, how you feeling a week out from Black Widow? Uh, hey, and skip to this time stamp if you want to skip the Black Widow spoilers and want to go to the Loki spoilers. A lot of spoilers. A lot of spoilers. Big two, one, go. <laughs> 48 minutes and 25 seconds. Okay, you have been warned. Black Widow spoilers. Um, she, Shit. Uh, a week after... Still feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still think it, it holds up. I've um, I've rewatched a couple scenes from it since I, I have it on Disney uh, Plus Premiere Access. Sorry for buying it, guys. I, I won't ever do that again. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it has given me the chance to rewatch uh, a little bit of it, and I've also been jamming the the cover of the Smells Like Teen Spirit. 
Um, did it belong in the movie? Probably not, but that song is definitely a vibe, and I, I liked the song. I liked listening to the song separated from the film. I, it's an interesting take on the song. I just like the song in general, so um, the cover's pretty good, I think, but did it belong in that movie? No, that's probably the only thing that throws me off about the film. Um, man, I just, that post credit scene, that's all I can think of that, uh, really we didn't get to discuss fully, um, which yeah. makes me excited for the Hawkeye TV show, actually. Yeah, Because yeah. Florence Pugh's gonna be in it, so. With, uh, with Julia Louis-Dreyfus showing mm-hmm. up in the post credits and being like, oh, you'll want to, you want to get this guy, huh? Revenge. Hey, hey, hey. I, um, I don't know. It, this happens with every Marvel movie with me. I see it in mm-hmm. the theater, and it's like, aha, that was very good, mm-hmm. and then... I spend any amount of time thinking about, like, the plot, you know, or, like, its value as a movie, and it's just like, yeah, if you get cynical about things, it sucks the fun out of it. And, I mean, (laughs) I I would still say Black Widow was probably a more exciting movie than a lot of the Marvel movies that have come out in past years. I mean, this is our second female-led movie Mm -hmm. out of, like... 24, 25 now. So, I mean, still glad that we bothered to go back to the Black Widow character, even though we never thought to do her movie while she was alive as a character for some reason. Um, That's just a lot of my issues with this movie is uh, realizing that there's a lot of studio interference involved with a project like this and and, and kind of... um, grappling with the fact that the humor in the movie and the very serious spy movie that they're trying to do do not mix the best of ways like i I remember in age of ultron um scarlett johansson talks about having like her her uterus like removed from the red room and it's like a very emotional scene that she's having with like the hulk or whatever uh and then in this movie it's like yeah, they, they went in and they pulled my uterus right now. <laughs> yeah. Red Letter Media pointed out very fairly, like, this movie is, like, kind of too stupid for adults to take seriously as a spy movie, and it's too dark for kids to be <laughs> taken to the theater to go see. Like, daddy's right. gonna have to lie about what a hysterectomy is yeah. in the middle of this one. Like, I and I and I get that, and I am kind of frustrated in retrospect, to see that not only is this, like, a Winter Soldier, like, kind of knockoff film, mm-hmm. which, like, the, the character could have done a lot more than, you know, go through the story beats of Winter Soldier. I, I do, I think it has enough original material, of course, but I, I think it is fair to say Taskmaster, Winter Soldier, save serve yeah, the same purpose. They've got the floating fucking Sky Fortress yeah, at yeah. the end for some reason. Yeah. We just love Sky Fortresses. They're um, cool. They're comic accurate. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Oh. No, I don't remember. Oh, but no. <laughs> it's like commit to something. Like It's yeah. very clear that Marvel does not work with their directors in these yeah. movies. And like looking at the filmography of this director... It's all been serious, like, war movies and uh, female-led projects. And from what I've heard, that's what she wanted to do with this movie, too, is, like, make it more serious and make it more Mm spy-oriented. And and, and Kevin Feige and Marvel execs kind of jumped in there and were like, whoa, where's the humor? 
in that. You know, where's the yeah. where's the floating sky fortress and the big CGI blow up battles? Yeah. Something that I learned about Marvel recently is that years before these movies even gets started in production, they CGI map all of the fight scenes. So they had the action scenes planned for these movies, and you can't change them because they already know what they want. They don't need a director or a single human being or a stunt coordinator or anything on set because they just map the whole thing in CG so the VFX are ready to go right. when you actually like make the fucking movie. And you can kind of tell that this really affected like Black Widow because like the, the grounded scenes are like brutal. You know, yeah. like the knife across the mm-hmm. belly, uh, like the, the, the knife fight with ScarJo and Florence Pugh, mm-hmm. like in the in the kitchen. Like those are fucking cool as shit. Yeah. They, they feel grounded. They mm-hmm. feel like a, like a tinge of realness yeah. going on there. And then you get to like the prison escape. Yeah. And it's just ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. just fucking it's crazy. It's super over the top. There's, so how did Scarlett Johansson die? in Endgame, falling off that cliff, when in this movie, she, like, <laughs> falls from, like, that one building, yeah. like, hits the thing, bam, and, yeah. like, lands on the ground without even, like, catching herself. Yeah. Like, she should be dead there. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, if, if that's enough to kill her in Endgame, then she should have died in this movie, like, a million times. The worst one is the fucking car, which, like, I can turn my brain off for, like, most things, but when Taskmaster like blows up yeah. the bottom of the car and they go like through the street and then they go into like the subway and they like yeah. turn and spin and like they're dead. <laughs> like fuck you. <laughs> they're dead. No, they just get out of the train. I mean, they get out of the car and they're like, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck I, off. <laughs> like, okay. So like I started noticing this when I was rewatching some of the Marvel movies. I'm like, okay. So I know that there's suspension of disbelief, right? Okay. You can you can pass off Captain America falling from absolutely insane heights and making it because he's got the super soldier serum. His bones are stronger, he's muscular, he can survive more often than not. Um, but these other characters that their only specialty is like like Falcon, for example, he's got fucking wings that he puts on and he flies. There's a moment in Winter Soldier where his wings are like severed and he's falling. And at the last minute, he pulls his parachute and lands on the ground. I'm like, no, he's dead. Or his, at least if he's not dead, his legs are splintered into a thousand pieces. Like, they have got to figure out who's mortal and who's a little bit immortal. Like, you know, like, I cannot turn my brain off that fucking much when you present to me a character who is not does not have the super soldier serum, is not a, a demigod, is not anything like that. Just a normal guy with a fucking suit. Okay, he would not survive that. He cannot. I know these are superhero movies. I know, guys, I know. But holy shit. If you just go back and watch fight scenes, just look at how much shit they endure. And yeah, like you're right. Like Scar ScarJo falling from these incredible heights in Black Widow and just, like I'm like, okay, then it must have been a way farther fall in Endgame than we than we thought. And if it is a way farther fall, then she should have, like, splattered instead of just hitting her head and a little blood coming out. Like, I know it's a PG-13 movie, but, yeah. you know, I don't know. You gotta, you gotta set some rules, set some boundaries here, because it's getting a little fucking ridiculous. I just... This is my problem 
with the MCU is like we're coming out with like these girl power movies now and we're like trying to like yeah act like you know oh the MCU has always been a place for like women to thrive like there's that shot in Endgame where it's got like Pepper and it's mm-hmm. got you know Shuri and it's got fucking it's got Captain all of Marvel them. it's got all of them yeah. but like they don't treat these characters with respect like it was a plot point in both Infinity War and in Endgame that two of the best women characters in the Marvel Universe were just thrown off the same fucking cliff. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. even a different cliff. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the goddamn same one. And then they're turning around and making this movie, and it's like, ScarJo's gonna save all the the women assassins. And she's gonna she's gonna fight the man. It's like, do not. Do not do this to me. Do not act like you have any fucking respect for this character. She was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for nine years. And the most impactful thing you ever let her do was jump off a cliff so Jeremy Renner could stay. (laughs) So Jeremy Renner could do a TV show. Like, fuck you. Yeah. That's, That's it. That's why I think that this movie, no one's even, like, bothering to attack it for, like... You know, being like SJW trash or anything, mm-hmm. because Marvel's not even pretending yeah. that they they care about the women characters like featured in their movies. Like, I hope that this is something that changes. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope that Florence Pugh's character gets a lot more screen time and attention. We've got really cool startups like Monica Rambo mm-hmm. from the from the WandaVision series. Scarlet Witch was finally given some character development in yeah. her television show. Like, it seems. Uh, this might be the perfect segue here in a little bit, unless you've got some more thoughts on, no, on Black Widow. Well, actually, let's talk about Taskmaster because people are upset about that. What? Like people oh are God. upset that it's that it's a girl. That it's a they, girl. Essentially. So never mind. Yeah, there is still stupid fucking backlash. Yeah. Because what does that change about the character? Like the gimmick of Taskmaster learning people's moves right. and like using it against them yeah. is still there. Taskmaster yeah. is like Terminator in this movie. Exactly. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it is winter soldiery, yeah. but like, I like it. Like, I liked I, it. I, I especially liked the reveal of who it was. Like, mm-hmm. it being his daughter. Like, I actually did not expect that. Like, I thought they just showed that, that backflash sequence to show that, like, oh shit, Black Widow did something pretty horrible. She killed a fucking little innocent little kid. Yeah. And then it turns out it's like this enemy. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then everybody's saying like, absolutely, completely ruined it. Again, we're throwing out SJW trash. And I'm like, please, listen, listen. These the MCU are adaptations of the comics. That does not mean that they have to abide by every single guideline and rule set in the fucking comics. Like, it would actually be pretty fucking confusing and pretty boring if they did that. Like... I understand the comics are, is lays the groundwork for the movies, but the movies is it's its own universe now, and they're setting up. It's they have the comic universe, right? They got the the, the animated TV show universe. We have the cinematic universe, the live action shit. They're gonna change some stuff, and honestly, the Taskmaster change. What the fuck of it? I didn't think anything about it. Like, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, I thought he was a guy. Well, that's cool. I like this plot thread way better because it actually has meaning in the story. But people just freak the fuck out for no fucking reason. And it's so stupid. I'm so tired of it, bro. It doesn't, like... Did you honestly think about it when when it, when it the reveal happened? Did you did you anything about it at all? I, 
like, dude, when the person's wearing a mask, it's fair game. You know, exactly. like it, it could be anyone. Exactly. This is this is like the same bullshit that Samus Aran must have faced when when in like the original Metroid game at the end of the game when you get to the credits, <laughs> yeah. the tower armor comes off. It's a woman. You mm. know, people in the eighties freaked out. They were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it's a girl!" Like, are we still not over that yet? Yeah. That that like it turns out women <laughs> can wear like armor and like yeah. kick ass. Like I. I don't know. That's that's what's so frustrating about a release like this is, you know, there's the trolls online who are, like, very clearly sexist yeah. and, like, you know, very anti-feminist, and you want to rush to defend these properties because it's like, well, no, we need projects like this yeah. that are women-led, that are good, but you can't give Marvel the free pass for, like, doing these movies if they're, you know, sloppy yeah. about it. like. It's very clearly a cash grab, and, you know, I think that if they had done this movie after Civil War, which the whole movie is taking place right after Civil War, so yeah. I don't know why the fuck we didn't do it that way. Um, I don't know. It, it, it would have made, like, we should have just had this Black Widow movie, like, nine years ago, yeah. you know? Like, she debuted in Iron Man 2, everyone mm-hmm. loved her in that movie. Why didn't she get a movie the next year, you know? Literally. Like, she's literally been a fan favorite from day one on screen. Like, when she was in Iron Man 2, I remember everybody being like, dude, she's badass. We love her. Scarlett Johansson is a perfect person to play yeah. this character. And I just kept waiting for some sort of, like, but they would just shoehorn her in other movies, like in mm-hmm. The Winter Soldier. And granted, she's really like good in The Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Like, yeah, but she needed her own, I was ready to see her backstory. And I yeah. hate that she's dead now and we finally get to see it. Like, that's just my main frustration with this. And we don't even really get the backstory because exactly. Scarlett Johansson's, like, too old now to play, like, a younger version of herself. Like, we get, yeah. like, a little bit of backstory, but... No one got, like, the Red Room stuff that we were always expecting to see. Mm -hmm. And even then, like, I don't know, the Red Room ended... I feel like they toned it down for this movie. Like, it, you know, she describes it as this horrible thing. And obviously the hysterectomies and that shit Mm -hmm. has stuck around. But, like, it's just kind of confusing in this iteration. Like, he's just got, like... He's got assassins everywhere, and he can just, like flip a button and like control them like okay like the man has got control over all these like women is that like all they're doing is just like hypnotizing people like i i kind of used to think that the red room was just like this organization that breaks people's wills yeah that's why they obey brainwash but but to like explain it away with like red powder can like (laughs) free them yeah that was really fucking dumb yeah you know yeah i I, it kind of downplayed like what could have been the really seriousness and, like, gravity of the situation that is the Red Room and, like, the power that they have. But he's just like, yeah, it's mind control. Well, this is exactly what I'm talking about with, like, the serious spy movie and the Marvel movie at war with each other. It's like we've got these really gritty action scenes, like when Florence Pugh cuts that girl's stomach Mm -hmm. open. It's like, oh, ow. And then they show the girl, and there's, like, no blood. There's, like, a little cut on her tummy. Yeah. She's not even, like, dead, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, they gotta, I don't know. They gotta commit, man. They gotta commit. Like, they're st- they're playing it safe because it's... Marvel is supposed to be family-oriented. Like, you can take your kids to see it because kids read the comics. But I think one thing they don't understand is the comics are more vile and more graphic than the movies have ever yeah. been. Like, I-, I don't understand what their play is here. Well, and I... I- what I don't get is, like, why do we still care if a movie fits the PG-13 rating? Like, exactly. Like, we had Deadpool 
uh, and Joker in Logan, like all passed the billion. Well, I don't know if Logan did it, but Deadpool and and um, mm-hmm. Joker passed the billion dollar mark, and those are R rated movies. Yeah, like it turns out people don't care. go. <laughs> they'll go out and see like a movie if they think it's good. Yeah, you know? no matter what the rating is. Yeah, and people would bring their kids to any movie that they're not supposed to go to exactly. so don't worry you know you're still gonna get kids in your movie theater yeah. are you gonna fucking traumatize them of course but you're already kind of <laughs> doing it in this pg-13 movie so why not yeah. go all the way and just exactly. like show a hysterectomy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean you're right like obviously there are some like properties that wouldn't translate well over to r uh, like an R rating, like no, you don't have to throw all of them. No, no, Just like of Black not. Widow, I but think. Like, I, yes, I even think like I would go as far as to say if they did like a Hawkeye movie, I would want that to be rated R because how are you going to show him throwing like, like shooting arrows into people without showing yeah. like a little blood or a little you know really gritty violence like. You know, pick and choose which ones would be like okay for Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight's show. coming out and it's. That's got to be, like, they've got to do rated R with Moon Knight. They've well, gotta. it looks like they're kind of headed that way. Like, he's got blades and shit, and he's like... <laughs> yeah. You know, like, doing shit to people. Like, Oscar Isaac has shown some of, like, his choreography, and it, it, it looks brutal. Okay. But, I mean, there's still a chance for them to, like, CGI downplay it whenever yeah. it comes out, you know? I, I hope that they keep, like, a more brutal tone. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, with people like Deadpool coming into yeah. the MCU soon, which... They uh, said they're going to keep it R rating, so yeah. I hope they don't water down the R rating. Can we do like a non-spoiler midway section right here? Sure. Did you watch that Deadpool uh, and Korg reacting to the Free Guy trailer? Oh, yeah. I watched a little bit of it, yeah. What a fucking... Okay. So at first I was like, oh, this is funny because, you know, Deadpool gets to be rated R still and say like the fuck word or whatever. But like, they just... It's an ad for Free Guy, essentially. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. And they... They're both in the movie, and they both clearly can't say anything bad about Free Guy, and they'd, like, try and, like, riff on it a little bit, but it's, like, not funny or mean. Like, I I think people are on the internet being like, oh my god, this is so epic. Like, I can't believe they got Korg and Deadpool in the same video. Ah, that must have cost so much. But, like, it's really shitty. They're both in Free Guy. Taika Waititi and Ryan Reynolds, like, know each other. Yeah. And also, it's just an ad. Like, yeah. I, I, I can't believe that we're at the point in our lives where, like, we can be brainwashed by, like, what's very clearly, like, an advertisement, like, so right. easily. Like, holy shit, just because your favorite character is in something doesn't mean it's good. Right, Like, yeah. Rick and Morty are apparently in the new Space Jam. Does that make it a good movie? Okay. I, I seriously doubt it. <laughs> I w- I've got to say, I've got to speaking of that, i got to say something about that ad because I was reading some discourse about it, about how, like... Every time Rick and Morty do an ad, they're always they like Rick always has the this um, so like everybody Rick likes money. Rick will do anything for a bunch yeah. of money or incentive, right? So the Pringles commercial, he talk, he's like or Wendy's like they're hey, paying we, us a lot. They're paying us a lot of money. You you got to eat this. So he's like shamelessly like plugging it, even though he, even if he doesn't really enjoy it, you kind of think like oh he did it for the money, and it's like that he's keeping in that character. But in Space Jam. The joke is that they return Taz, yeah, and they're like, "We're done experimenting on your thing." It's like, "Yeah, he's really crappy," or something like that. He's like, "Yeah, have fun, dumb dumbs," and he and they drive away. There's no fourth wall break. He, Rick is not in on the joke. Like every ad, every like shameless placement of Rick and Morty, Rick's always in on the joke. But with Space Jam, he's not in on the joke. He's actually in the movie, which makes me think like, 
why? Like, did they did were they forced to say this dialogue? Was Dan Harmon and Justin Rowland like forced to say? Or well, what? I mean, Warner owns the property. Like, I yeah, like if they want Rick and Morty in the movie, they don't have to pay anyone anything to get them in there. Right. They just you know they're contractually obligated to make their appearance. Like just, that's what it sounds like. Space Jam: A New Legacy is right. It's, it's Warner's advertisement for HBO Max. It's like. Yeah. Look at what's on our platform, you know? Right. The movie itself is supposed to drive people to HBO Max, mm-hmm. so it's like, might as well check out these other things we own while you're there. Like, So wait, Warner, Warner owns Rick and Morty? Yes. It's in a complicated way. Oh, yeah, because Cartoon like, Network is, is with... It, it is, like, owned by, like, Time Warner, which Warner is owned Media, by HBO yeah. Max. Uh, which, okay. like, HBO Max falls under Warner also. Right. I, I knew HBO Max was Warner Brothers. I just, I, I totally forgot that, like, of course, Warner, Warner is Cartoon Network. Like, that's yeah, where they the have hail's that. from. And, and, and in that extension, Adult Swim, so. It's just, like, the only thing that is left, really, yeah. that Disney hasn't bought out yet. So, yeah. it's like, of course they're going to try and plug their own shit and make well, cinematic universes. Like Bringing it back around, do you think, like, when we do get Deadpool 3, and it is rated R, like Disney says that they're going to do, do you think it's going to be, like, super watered-down rated R where Deadpool, like, can't make fun of anything because everything he makes fun of, Disney probably fucking owns? <laughs> or, like... I feel like maybe they'll get, like, a little too... Like, it'll be watered-down R rating... And then it'll also just riff on MCU Marvel movies a lot. Yeah. It'll mostly be like celebrity cameos you wouldn't expect. And it's like, oh my God, Steve Steve Rogers, aka Chris Evans, what are you doing here? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I really hope not. I want him to make fun of the, I mean, they won't do this, but I want him to make fun of the Marvel movies. Like, I want him to actually get in there and get super cynical about the MCU. And it'd be funny and everybody can laugh about right. it. But it doesn't probably. seem like after this like free guy trailer reaction, uh, it, it doesn't seem like they're headed there. I hope that's not not a not a sign of what's to come from Deadpool because uh, I genuinely love the first two Deadpool movies. I like. I think Deadpool did. two is pretty good. Yeah. I I'm this might be a hot take. I don't I don't care for the first Deadpool really all that much. I think it's like trying really hard to be mm-hmm. like edgy. I like. I think Deadpool two has its flaws, also mainly like fridging, uh, yeah, which is the, something that they bring up. And then the like, free guy. Chat, that's yeah. the one part of that. Yeah, I like is that they bring it, and then Korg's like, "Well, we call that fridging," <laughs> 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 or something like that. I, I I like the Deadpool movies. Okay, I just don't think that they were ever all that good. Deadpool two is definitely leagues ahead of the first movie because they just go all out with the jokes I mm. think and like the time travel bit at the end is I love incredible the, I love the Logan bit at the very beginning where it's like Logan's like being impaled with like the metal yeah when he died in, in Logan and, uh, <laughs> and then he's got the like little toy <laughs> yeah it's really funny they do go all out in the second one I, d- I will give it that you know what really went all out and I wasn't expecting it to Loki. This fucking show, man. man. Yeah, spoilers for Loki. Spoilers for from Loki. This point on, oh my god, it's like we're almost at the hour mark, but uh, fuck it, fuck you know? it. We're, it's Loki time, baby. It's Loki, let's go. It's I okay. So I really, really, really enjoyed this last episode. What about you? They, they stuck the landing. They stuck the landing. This is interesting. But yeah. Now 
there is just one Marvel show that is like leagues ahead yeah. of the other two, and I like I could very easily find myself rewatching this series. I think it's it's really fun. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. I I don't know that it's like the most incredible piece of like sci-fi media ever. No, definitely whatever, not. But like. It's really fucking it's really good. good. And it's yeah. probably the best Marvel project that has come out in the past few years. Which mm-hmm. I know I said that about WandaVision when it was young and fresh, but mm-hmm. like I mean WandaVision kind of wimped out. It did. This, it wimped out at the last two or three episodes, yeah. This shows you that you can have a show with a fun and unique identity that still ends up having consequences throughout the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um and that's my favorite thing coming out of episode six is that things are going to be different now yeah. because of Loki. Mm-hmm. And like, that's cool as shit yeah. because it got to keep its identity while also just like pushing us forward. Yeah. Setting up so many forward. things. I don't even know what to expect. Really. Yeah. Like they, it kind of defied my expectations with where this episode was going. Like, I'm kind of stuck on the last episode in my mind right now, but, like, you know, when Kang the Conqueror finally shows up, he was really fucking fun. Like, I liked that character. I thought he was very cool. I mean, he mentioned that there were variants of him, but for for a second there, I really did get fooled into thinking this was the guy who was going to be sticking around. And then, of course, by the end of the episode, Sylvie kills him. Right. Uh, He's dead. He's gone, and now... An evil, it's, it's, an evil version of him is where several, as, several versions, evil versions. You know, um, several good, several bad. Um, I'm uh, down. I'm dude. so down. Jonathan Majors killed it, by mm-hmm. the way, in his performance. Like we've got another good Marvel villain. On we, our hands. Yeah, yes. you can tell usually by the actor how yeah. they're doing. Like fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. Like when I first like was watching it, I was thinking, I was like, ah. This, he's kind of hamming up his performance a little. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but you know what? Like, just stick with it just a little bit longer, man, and you'll see. Like, oh god, no! Like, this character is really interesting. I'm really like, I really bought the entire performance, and then just what like literally gave me chills is the fact that at the end of the episode, well, the the moment I knew that this villain was gonna be fucking badass was, like, at the very end of the episode when Loki runs and he's telling Morbius, uh, or Mo- Mo- Mobius. Mobius, sorry. Yeah. He's Mor- telling Morbius. I said Morbius. Morbius is, like, the Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. So he goes and he tells Mobius in the Hunter B-15, and uh, he's like, listen, he's like, I know who's in charge of the TVA. It's, like, this guy. And he's, like, he- he's terrifying. And he's re- I'm like, okay. Like, Loki said that another per- person is terrifying to him, like, that character, he's supposed to be, you know, he's like, I'm the most terrible. But he was, like, almost in tears. Like, he's terrifying. And I was like, bro, I cannot fucking wait to see more of this fucking villain. That was hype. That was whole, so like, last hype. part where yes. it's like, who are you? Yeah. And then, I mean, this is the first time in a while that, like, an, an upcoming project with the TV show has made me, like, feel really cool. But when they did that Loki will be back in season two, I was like... Yes! <laughs> yes! Bring this show back. For real. Like, the other two... Not care. leave them. You know, leave like, them. it's fine. Yeah. Don, you know, Don Cheadle will get his Emmy for Falcon and Willer's Soldier for some... Have you heard about this? 
Don, Don Cheadle, Cheadle is up for an Emmy for like that one scene that he was in Falcon and Winter Soldier. He has a guest cameo Emmy nomination right now. Okay, the Emmys are a fucking joke. Yeah, they're fucking like he's confused about it too. He's like, "Am I complaining? No. Do I understand? No." <laughs> <laughs> what I'll the see fuck? You guys in Armor Wars or whatever. Yeah, apparently Iron. Yeah, uh, War uh, Armor, Armor Wars. Yeah. yeah. That's so weird, though. Yeah. That's weird. But, I mean, yeah. But go. I mean, going off what you were saying, though, about, like, WandaVision, we'll obviously get to see more of Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange and other projects. And Falcon and Winter Soldier, obviously, we're getting Captain America 4 and whatever and yada, yada, yada. But, like, Loki, like, this is contained in mm-hmm. this show. I want to see more of Loki in this show. You yeah. You know, like, season two is going to be so fucking hype. Like, I'm ready. Like, I want it to come out now. Well, like, I... I... You know, I, I like Sylvie, I like Moby, yeah. I like 100 B-15. Like, they've got a solid cast of, like, original characters here mm-hmm. that I really think are fucking cool. I mean, yeah. like, even that one episode where they go into the dimension and they meet all the... I mean, the boy, they yeah. meet all the Lokis. Like, classic Loki was fucking cool yeah. as shit. The boy Loki. Like, there are so many fun concepts mm-hmm. in the show that fuck with the whole reality of the Marvel Universe that I'm just so glad they were allowed to do. Yeah. Like from the very first episode with all the TVA shit, I was, I've yeah. been impressed and like, really it only dragged in episode three. Yeah. And, but after that, you know, like that was one Full over. Like Sylvie ahead. was fucking cool. I I really like that character. I'd like to see her on like you know in a movie. Yeah. Um. And I and I genuinely like, I think that they did this well. You know, yeah. a lot of people are complaining about like the kiss in the final episode being weird, the whole romance mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. weird. I think they sell it. You I know? think like, I think it was sold quite well. Yeah. Like I think that they the fact that these are variants of a person across different dimensions like really adds something to me, and like their chemistry is real. Mm-hmm. And when they kiss in that last episode, I mean, like I buy it. Like, yeah. I really do. And I'm honestly genuinely concerned about their relationship going mm-hmm. forward like is the rift that sylvie's created too big probably not because it's marvel oh, yeah. they're gonna heal in like the next thing they get in <laughs> yeah. together the, the big bad guy will uh-huh. unify them as is the case usually right but like that's something i've always liked about the marvel cinematic universe is in these in the occasional movie you will see world-defining, like, shakeups happen. You yeah. Know? In Winter Soldier, it's, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. being mm-hmm. destroyed. In Civil War, it's the falling out of, the, like... The Avengers the, the, and... The main characters. Yeah. Like, right at the precipice of, like... The biggest battle ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, do I feel like usually they kind of, like, cheat a little with how they resolve those things? For sure. I think Gamora in Endgame was definitely one of those examples where i'm like well i see i see what you did there um and that's clever that's clever how you brought her back but woof that sucks that you really that means you really are erasing like this really cool character yeah yeah you gotta build it back up now dude i've been thinking about this the whole time like ever since i made that like cliff comment like i have been thinking like oh god the women characters in marvel have it like kind of bad dude yeah Two of them being thrown off the same fucking cliff and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Pepper not doing anything ever again. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's... Um, I hope that they, they do better with that going forward. Um, one thing I was going to say is I'm really... I'm really... Not, I mean, I'm a little surprised, but I'm also really happy about it. 
if you look, I recently just I today I rewatched the Disney's uh, Investors Day from last year when they announced all these projects, yeah. and I was looking at all the directors and the actors attached. We have a lot of people of color in directing standpoints and in mm-hmm. acting, like a lot of female leads coming up, coming forward, like black female leads. And, you know, we got Shang-Chi, which is like Asian yeah. culture center. I'm really excited for like the diversity moving forward. I hope that they do it well. They treat it with respect um, because I'm really excited to see a, a bunch of these, like the interesting choices for directors, like moving forward. Like um, obviously I haven't heard of, a lot of them, they're probably like newcomers, but like I'm excited to see like what they do because I mean, like even Chloe Zhao, like yes, they've got like, like Art House what? Academy of nominated like directors doing these yes. fucking movies, now. and and Christian Bale is gonna play Gore the God Butcher in Thor Four, like. Oh. Okay. Did you not hear that? No, I, I don't think I had heard it. Christian Bale's gonna be in fucking Thor Four, and I'm kind of, I'm really excited for that. Like how they got Christian Bale on the project, like cause he's sort of like a man of like. I mean, he did do the Terminator movies. But let me let me just say this. They always get, like, a big actor for, like, one-off movies. Like, yeah. this screams, like, this character will be gone by the end of Thor 4. Because, like, that's every celebrity that they trick. Right. Be. Like, I'm surprised Owen Wilson isn't dead by the end of Loki. <laughs> yeah. Because he seems kind of like the last person you would expect to be in a Marvel property. Right. Yeah, he's there. But, like, you know, Kurt Russell in Guardians 2, like, obviously... That's a very uh, important character who could stick around for a while. Unfortunately, it's Kurt Russell, and my man has a lot of other gigs going on. Yeah. He does not give a shit about superhero movies. Uh, I, I doubt he does anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's dead by the end of the movie. Kate Blanchett. You know, you got to get rid of her by the end of the movie or else you got to pay Kate Blanchett's salary yeah, for a while. Yeah, that's there. true. Well, I mean, Marvel's getting to the point where they probably can do it. Because yeah. even their actors that were relatively unknown when they started the MCU are now like, you got to pay me like fifty million dollars to be in this fucking movie. Like, well, and that's why Kevin Feige is like coming out with like the cheapo comment. He's like, we're not signing actors to nine film contracts. Anymore. Yeah, we're not doing it anymore. We're, <laughs> we're just gonna give got, them. <laughs> it got too expensive. <laughs> we can't keep paying all these people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's true. I think Loki has made me reassess the the idea that the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't have any value after Endgame. You know, right. like Endgame seemed like the ending of all things. Um, Loki has shown me, like, there's a lot of exciting opportunities. Oh, yeah. It's just, I think this is the only project that has done any of the exciting things that yeah. could be done post-Endgame. Like, I feel like Spider-Man fucking captain Fa- captain america and the winter soldier mm-hmm. i'm gonna call it that because i mean he's captain america yeah man, spoiler alert. uh and wandavision they all kind of played it safe and they all kind of made sure that they had like a direct tie to like Endgame yeah. and infinity war they're like oh we can't let the audience like forget that you know these characters come from like past events yeah, and like loki <laughs> I mean, in the first episode, they, they, like, have a clip show, and I mean, yeah. yeah, that's important, but, like, after that, it's, like, his old life is, like, pretty much gone, no, it's like you moving know? forward, yeah. I mean, sure, we have technically an older version of the character 
who we have already seen develop, but like right. I like this new branching development mm-hmm. that they did for Loki, and well, it's very well done. Yeah, the whole series. And I, I do have to say, like I guess like a counter comment, not like disagreeing with you, but also adding that I like that they did kind of remind everybody that that happened because like I think Marvel's problem a lot of times is glancing over like glaring issues that they yeah. left behind in the movies. Like I, I feel like WandaVision, Falcon. And uh, Black Widow, even though it's a prequel, I feel like those properties are like the aftermath of Infinity War slash Endgame, or at least WandaVision and Falcon are. Mm-hmm. What they do is they tell you basically how everybody's doing, how the world is moving on, what like what political problems are there, and yada yada yada, so that we can move on, we can establish what the new norm is, and then move on from there. And I think that's what Loki's job was: is to introduce everything new, so that we hopefully won't have to look too far back to that again i am i'm just gonna say it you know like i hate setup i've yeah. always hated the way marvel does it where they just like shoehorn characters that you have no idea what they're there for they don't do anything and it's just all in the name of like payoff later mm-hmm. uh i feel like spider-man i feel like fucking um falcon and winter soldier i feel like wandavision they all are pretty bad about introducing plot lines that are going to pay off later and not doing anything about them like in the moment Mm. uh and loki i feel like even though it's still a lot of setting up it's fun like they're actually doing it within the rules of their own yeah like universe and premise and it feels so fucking far away from everything else in marvel that it's like oh my god, I feel like I can fucking breathe without yeah. some, like, random new Avenger, like, popping mm-hmm. up, you know? Like, and I'm not saying that it's a problem to introduce a new character, but I'm saying, like, if you're gonna introduce a new character, like, use them, you mm-hmm. know? Have it be something that pays off in the story you're telling, because so many times we get these fucking properties that are just filled with setup and setup and setup, and it's like, that's gonna pay off in Infinity War and Endgame, did you need to see it now? No, but no. now you're aware. Right. So it's going to pay off then. It's like, well, you wait, you're wasting my time right now. Yeah. And I think obviously the worst movie about it wasn't an MCU movie. It is Amazing Spider-Man 2. That movie was so much set up for like a Sinister Six movie that's yeah. never fucking coming out. No. Or at least that version of it right. is never coming out. Like there might be one down the line cuz they're going to milk every comic property you can think of yeah. at some point but for sure well i mean <laughs> i do have a question for you i know we've talked about like we're definitely not interested in the what if series or the animated series or at least i have like i have no I, interest in it i i don't have a ton but now 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 that it's like they've in, they've announced that like what if is like canon within the multiverse like we now we've established the multiverse so we're like telling stories from what happens in this multiverse. Are you interested at all to see what kind of stories they concoct? With that lens, yeah. Now that it's, like, it's real, in Mm -hmm. a sense. Like, absolutely. Like, I think that's the most upsetting thing about, like, the word canon is it holds way too much power. Oh, yeah. You know? And And I hate that, like, a company can just come out and say, this is canon, and this isn't canon, and that can affect people's enjoyment of a product. Mm. Because I truly, like, in a perfect world, I feel like people could just write whatever stories they want, and people can pick which ones to follow, you know? Like, we have franchises already, like Terminator, Mm -hmm. where that's 
basically happened where every fucking filmmaker who makes a new Terminator movie after two is like, yeah. the last one didn't happen. <laughs> that, this is the real Terminator 3. Yeah. That other Terminator 3, no, no Terminator no Genesis, we... We are not even that guy a little bit. We are, <laughs> we don't even look like Terminator Genesis. <laughs> this one, we killed John Connor. <laughs> Spoiler alert for a movie that no one fucking saw. Terminator Dark, Dark Fate. Fate. Did you ever see Terminator Dark Fate? I watched the opening sequence where John I Connor watched, was like, killed. I watched 30 minutes of it. It was pretty... After the John Connor death, surprisingly good. Not enough to hold my <laughs> attention Virginia. past the 30 minute mark. But it seems like a return to form. I, guess I digress. For, I guess for, I, know, I guess for Terminator fans, it was good. If you're a hardcore Terminator fan, then you might have liked it. But Okay. Um, this might not even be worth having in the podcast, but Augustine and I were talking about like Terminator the other day, and we, we feel like having a Terminator like rewatch of the first two movies. Would you be down? Yeah, those I'd be like, down. Those are like some of my favorite fucking yeah. movies right there. They're good. Really they're, good, They're actually. so fucking good. Yeah. Um... All that to say, good job, Loki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we like Loki. Tell us what you think in the comments and on Twitter. Uh, we're trying to be more active on Twitter and all the social medias. Um, yeah. So Wait, and, and answer this question for me. If you were Kevin Feige, what, what woman would you throw off the Red Skull cliff? <laughs> <laughs> would you throw off a man instead? Tell us. Tell that, us. We, we're interested to know. Would you? Who would you throw off who, the cliff? Who dies on the Red Skull cliff? Oh, man. Was that Pepper? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> fucking Howard the Duck. He's got thrown off the Red Skull cliff. Oh, man. Oh, fuck. I can't, I can't believe it. Michael Douglas just went off the Red Skull cliff. <laughs> but he's not Hank Pym. It's multiverse. It's multiverse, so... Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. Dodged the bullet bullet there. No! Agent Carter! (laughs) She got thrown off the Red Skull cliff! Her show got canceled years ago. So (laughs) you could say she got thrown off the cliff and under the bus a while ago. I think it's so funny um, how quick we were to throw Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. under the bus. As soon as Disney Plus shows came out, all the filmmakers were just like, we don't talk about so we don't do it we don't that's not real it's not, <laughs> like the whole premise of agents of shield is that it would matter and tie into every release and they yeah. were trying so hard so hard and then by the time of infinity war they were just like we can't we can't do it we can't. <laughs> <laughs> you're so tired bro we can't we can't we can't make this fit, whatever the fuck we're doing. <laughs> and then, it, as a consequence of it, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, I mean, I'm sure it has a following, but for the most part, goes unloved by the fans yeah. and untouched by, like, the filmmakers. Like, Joss Whedon was very early in saying, like, oh, Phil Coulson's dead. Like, fuck yeah. that dude. I killed him. Like, I, I killed him, yeah. Oh, God. Poor agents of Shield. Poor agents of Shield. Um, I mean, that's all. That's all I've got. Um, I was gonna mention. Did you know that Christopher Nolan and 
um, not to spike a fucking Snyder Cut discussion. I just read this today and I thought it was interesting. Uh, Christopher Nolan and Snyder's wife, Deborah screened Justice League when it came out. And they oh, yeah. immediately went to him and was like, do not watch this movie. Yeah, I, I actually saw I saw that headline before Snyder yeah. Cut came out like that, that happened. Um, yeah, apparently that's Christopher Nolan's least favorite superhero yep. movie. I saw another clickbait. Said he hates like, it. Headline. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what else I... I hate... What do you hate? Saying goodbye on this show. Well, we don't have to. Let's just keep the mic rolling for another week. No, I have this button here that it'll transfer to a a multiverse version of us, and they'll say goodbye. Oh, Rick and Morty, I did it, you dipshit. It's a good thing Rick and Morty episode four was really good. Yep. I love that one. And also, can we just talk about... Uh... Zack Snyder's Justice League 2 coming out next week. Gonna be fucking Gonna be amazing. Uh, Hopefully better than Loki, though. Yeah, but, bro, can we just be honest? Firefly needs to go off the air. It's been on for, like, 20 years. What is it, 18th season now? Oh, my God. They're so out of ideas. Um, like, I would have rather seen, like, Game of Thrones picked up for season two rather than see, like, like, that's the show people should be, like, trying to get on the air. Like, I just can't believe, like, you know, Fox canceled it so quickly. It's ridiculous, yeah. And and I mean, like, with HBO going out of business soon, like, it just, it makes me wonder, like, who's gonna make adult fantasy? Well, at Warner Brothers, with him buying all these fucking properties and owning all the MCU and all that, like, they could very well buy out HBO and then turn it around, you know, and make Game of Thrones season two or three, because... Absolutely right. Yeah. Oh, shit. My girlfriend Donna's calling me. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs>